You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. So as you can see over my shoulder right here, we're continuing in this series that we're doing from scars to freedom. And the thought behind this sermon series, oh, real quick, I also want to thank Freedom Youth for walking around. They are clearing tables. They're hopefully filling, uh, yeah, he's got the coffee right there. So thank you guys for, for doing that. So the Scars to Freedom series that we're doing is really kind of looking at what we do. We, we tend to look backwards instead of looking forwards sometimes. But what we're doing is essentially we don't want our past to dictate our future. The word of God dictates our future. And so we're looking at how do I move past my past to really kind of get deeper with the Lord and allow things uh, to not hold me back any further, but really getting to true spiritual freedom. So this morning, I want you to think of a time in your life when you had just really powerful prayer. Can you think back in your mind, was there a time where it's like, oh man, that was good prayer? Whether it was for a specific situation, whether that was just a a prayer of thankfulness to the Lord, but think back, was there a time where it was just, "Mm, yes, that is good prayer right there? What were the circumstances surrounding that? Were there certain people with you? Was it you by yourself? Was it you driving down the road? Was it, you know, in a church service? I want you to think about that. Charles Stanley, if you're familiar with him, he said this. He said, of all the things Christ wants for us, us loving him and focusing our attention on him are the most important. I love when things are so simple that even I can understand it. What we're talking about today is powerful prayer. Now, prayer is too big of a topic for us to cover in one week. I was talking with with Coach this week and and Tom as well, is when we are looking at the, the topic of prayer, I mean, you can go 50 million directions with it, and we can spend the rest of our time here in existence on the topic of prayer. There is so much to it. But what we're going to be looking at today is we're going to try to focus today on how does my prayer life reflect in a deepening relationship with the Lord. Now, this is not going to be a here's a checklist. If you do this, you will have powerful prayer. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But prayer is simply communion. We just took communion, but it is communion and communication with the Lord. It's a constant reliance upon the Father at all times. Prayer is also the verbalization of what's in our hearts. So we've got Jim Cox's video we want to share with you. Prayer to me means talking to God through a sincere heart. I've been in uh, situations where I did not always feel that way. 
I did not have a sincere heart, but I studied the scriptures and I finally found out that God in, in the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm 66 says that if I regard my iniquity in my heart, then God cannot hear me. So prayer is something that's either answered, not answered, or a delayed answer. But I know it's worked well in my life, and it's worked well in the lives of my family members. My daughter, for most of you know, was healed, not healed, but she was certainly made better by the prayers of this congregation and the prayers of all my friends and family. And I just want to know that I enjoy this congregation and I enjoy the prayers that we get and we give. And uh, I hope you feel the same way. So that's a good example. Uh, Mr. Jim Cox back there, him and his wife, Tony, uh, their daughter, Shanna, uh, was hospitalized not too long ago uh, with a very, very serious issue. And he called me and he was, him and Tony were both very, very thankful for this congregation, for each and every one of us, because we are a praying church. We pray collectively on Sunday mornings. We pray individually. We have prayer families each week, families that this church collectively prays for. And, and you heard Jim at the beginning of that is it is communication with the Father. It is a need for him. And so that's what we're talking about today is prayer. How do I move past my own baggage, the stuff that has happened to me? How do I move forward in a, in a positive way which will lead to true spiritual freedom? You may be asking yourselves, okay, I want spiritual freedom, but how does prayer play into that? I want a better prayer life. I want my prayers to have that extra little oomph with them. I want those, those types of prayer. So a couple of questions that I want to ask you this morning is in our prayer lives, I want you to think about this, and, and we're not going to have anybody raise their hands or anything. Just think about this. Do we go to the Lord only when we need something? Possibly. Do we only go to the Lord at certain times throughout the day? And I've been guilty of this to where at this point in my day, 7.30 to 7.45 is my prayer time. Do I pray outside of that? Do I pray on the way to work? Do I pray, anybody pray in the shower? Yeah, okay, okay, good. I didn't want to think I was a weirdo or something like that, but uh, praying in the shower is, is a, good, a good thing. It's distraction-free. You, you got time, you know, alone. Anyways, do we pray just at night before we go to bed? Do we pray more often than that? These are all questions I want you to ask yourself. Again, is there a formula to prayer? No, there's not. Is there a right way to pray? Dylan and I uh, recorded a, a really, actually our very first podcast uh, that we did was on the topic of prayer. And I asked Dylan that question. I said, is there a right way to pray? And the answer is no. 
There is not a right way to pray. Now, let me flip that around. Is there a wrong way to pray? Yes, there is. What? (gasps) Say it ain't so. Well, I'm not going to. I'll let Jesus do that. In Matthew chapter 6, which is the Sermon on the Mount, he said, when you pray, do not be like these guys over here, talking about the Pharisees. He was saying they are praying on street corners so that men would (laughs) applaud them and say, Woo, that boy can pray. Look at him. Jesus said that admiration is all the reward that he's going to get. Our father will not reward him because he's doing it for that old pat on the back. But he goes on and says, don't use vain repetitions like the heathen do. The more you say it, the more God is apt to do that. He's saying, no, 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 no. That's a wrong way to pray. So again, is there a right way to pray? No. Is there a wrong way to pray? Yes, there is. But let me give away the ending here. The key to a more powerful prayer life is not in the methods in which we pray, but it is an intimacy with the Lord. It is showing vulnerability. Again, prayer is the verbalization of what's in our hearts. It is not in the, well, I've got to pray this specific thing in this specific style. If I say this, God won't do it for me. It's not a superstition. It is, Lord, here is what is in my heart. It is about having a relationship with him at all times. A reliance. I love that word, reliance on the Lord at all times. So what does that look like in reality? Okay, Lord, I'm driving to work. I'm driving to school. I'm driving to church. Lord, I need you at that moment. When I get applauded for doing something at work, school, wherever, at that time, Lord, I need you. That lowest time where we are in the pits in the midst of the storm where it doesn't feel like, I just can't summon the words right now. We need the Lord at all of those times. A reliance on him, not just the good times, not just the bad times, not just the in-between humdrum times. We need him all of those times. It is a reliance on him. So what we're going to look at today is intimacy with the Lord in three phases. We're going to look at the first part is our relationship to him. Number two, him as our model. And then number three, we're going to talk about the truth about prayer. So our relationship to him, number one, if you are following along on the you version, um, you can follow along with us. When we submit to the Lordship of Christ, we give up knowing what we think is best At least we think we do. We now belong to him and we are a new creation. He is the one in charge. At least we think so. We want that to be true. See, when we submit to him, we think, okay, Lord, you are the one making all the decisions now. I'm just following your lead. We like to have that mentality, but in reality... We're sinful, fallen people, and so we fall back into our old habits. 
Because what happens is we have to unlearn in our brains what the world has taught us. The, the world has taught us its ways. What we need to do as believers, we need to retrain our brain to the things of God. We have to. We can't do that. Just, okay, I'm a Christian now. I'm going to start doing what God wants. If we don't know him through this right here, through his word, if we don't know, we don't know what he wants unless we read it in his word. We sometimes think that we have it all figured out. Oh, yeah, I'm following the will of the Lord. But really, it's up here is what we're doing. So prayer without the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us is just our thoughts, our good intentions. But it is truly following the Spirit of the Lord where we realize that we don't have it all figured out, that we need a reliance on the Lord. Why do we do that? Because our ways are not his ways. As much as we like to think that they are, because we're, we're Christians, we're, we're good people. No, his ways are not our ways, and our ways are not his ways. So how do our prayers reflect that? So I was thinking about this. Let's say we're taking a road trip. Picture yourself in the driver's seat. You're driving down the road. Lord, I need you to get me to Dallas. Get me there quickly. I don't like to drive. I don't like to, no, just get me there. I want you to get me there safely. I want you to get me there quickly. I don't want to stop. I don't want to, you know, whatever. Just get me there. That's a prayer that we would pray, right? I've prayed that. We've all prayed that. What about... Here's an, another way to, to think about it. Lord, let this trip glorify you. Use me however you want to. You may be thinking, that's kind of weird. Why would you pray something like that? Here's what I'm getting at. When we pray for the things that we want, we want to get there safely and quickly, without incident, without weather, without anything. What if there's a person at that gas station who needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You prayed, get me there quickly. I don't want no, nothing slowing me down. The whole time the Lord's saying, no, no, I, I want you here. I, serendipitously, I want you to be at this gas station at this point to accidentally bump into that person and share Christ with them, ultimately. That they are one to the kingdom. Now, that's, a, that's just an example to get you to think. So prayers, selfish prayers, I call them. Selfish prayers is, I want this. Of course we want that. We want to get to our destination safely and quickly. We want that. But what I'm saying is when we have a reliance on the Lord at all times, is, Lord, I don't know what this trip looks like. I'm trusting you. Use me as your servant how you see fit. So that if you are driving and you're like, mm, I, I don't know why, right here, I need to stop at this gas station. Lord, you're leading me this way to where you do bump into that person. Start talking. Can I share Christ with you? Are you a believer? 
Can I pray with you? Can I do all of these things? Again, is that so that we get that pat on the back? No. That is so that we can serve the Lord how he wants to use us, not how we want to be used. See, when we pray, we'd get to the destination, block all the people out. No, I just want to get there. But what I'm talking about, again, this is just to get you to think. When we're talking about powerful prayer is how can the Lord use me? A pitfall when it comes to prayer is sometimes we get on autopilot when it comes to prayer. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Autopilot? Yep, a lot of heads shaking. Okay. Autopilot is... You're getting on the same prayers every day, same kind of thing. You pray for your family in the same order. You pray for this. You can do it, pun intended, with your eyes closed. You can, uh, you know, just get through that prayer and everything is, is good. We belong to him. When we are his, we belong to him, but we don't always act as if we need him. When we get on autopilot, that's a, a dangerous place to be. It's like, yeah, I've got to pray again, got to, you know, all of this, got to pray for my food again, same kind of thing. Don't do that. That's one of the pitfalls about us when it comes to prayer. Our prayer should be constant communication with Him. I want to put this up. If that's working, I think we're having some fits with it. It's not working. Okay. But if you guys want to look on this back wall, or you can open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. This is the Apostle Paul saying, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Our prayers should begin with gratitude or giving thanks, said the guy on this Thanksgiving week at this Thanksgiving meal. That's something that is a constant throughout Scripture. And again, it's like a prism. Depending on how you look at certain things, you're going to see different results. So you may be thinking, well, I don't have much to be thankful for this year. My wife left me, my dog left me, you know, all of these different things. I don't have much to be thankful for this year. If you're able to breathe air in your nostrils and exhale through your mouth, yes, you do have something to be thankful for. We can also be thankful to the Lord in this storm, you have brought me to this point. I am still alive. I am still fighting. I am still alive and kicking. That is something to be thankful for. You may not be out of the storm completely, but he's brought you to this point. And his word tells us he will never leave us or forsake us. That is something to be thankful for. I've spent way too much time on point number one. Quickly, let's go to point number two. Jesus as our role model. So one day, Jesus' disciples came to him and said, Lord, can you teach us how to pray? He said, glad you asked. Yes, I can. And I'm, I've got this in the, the New King James because the New Living Translation threw me off completely. 
So can we throw up to uh, have, nope. Did we have Luke? Oh, whoops. The guy who does the graphics back there forgot to put a graphic in. Anyways, we can say this. Heavenly Father, where's it at? Nope, I've got it in New Living Translation. It's, like I said, it, it threw me off. The New King James, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we have also forgive anyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus taught them, that's what's known as the Lord's Prayer, which I think everybody knows by heart. Like I said, the New Living Translation, I was trying to read that. I was like, okay, that's not working. I got to go back to what is familiar to me. But basically, the Lord's Prayer points out two things. It establishes and reminds us who the Father is, but also talks about our reliance on Him. So what does that look like? His kingdom come. His will be done. His daily provision for us. His leading for us. That's what we pray for. Now, when we are talking about the Lord's Prayer, is that the only way to pray? No, it is a model prayer. That's one that we can kind of, we just got done with Acts, which is the blueprint for the Lord's church. A blueprint is something that you can replicate. Same type of thing with the Lord's Prayer. Now, I want to point out very, very quickly four things that Jesus did as our example when it comes to prayer. Jesus prayed alone by himself. He did that often. He also prayed with others. We can do the, these things as well. Jesus, he prayed with others, but he also prayed for others as well. Praying for other people should be a regular thing for us. That's what's known as intercessory prayer. And we want to, if you want to spin to the back, uh, we have a video from Dan talking about the importance of praying for others. Here's about my lifeline with God. We do fight a spiritual battle. And without my connection with him every day and his reassurance in my life, uh, I'm not prepared. Uh, I think the our most effective prayers are also about other people and for other people. I'm not, have never been so good about praying for myself, although I do, but uh, I think prayer is about lifting others up and how important it is to strengthen and support our families, our fellow man. I'm fortunate enough to be involved with a couple of different prayer groups and uh, I immensely enjoy those. They improve the quality of my life as well with uh, our men's prayer group here at church and also I belong to uh, Gideon's in Fettville North Camp and actually I serve as their chaplain and 
we do, uh, as Gideons, we do a lot of prayer. And again, it is our lifeline and how important it is. It's all about how we're gonna uh, succeed in this life. And the only way to succeed is with God. And uh, the main thing we all want to do is finish well. Very well said. So again, Jesus prayed alone. Jesus prayed with others. Jesus also prayed for others. But one other thing that I would encourage you to, to go and look at, and we've got just a, a short passage from this, but in John 17, Jesus has an absolutely beautiful prayer to the Father. But what he did in this, he prayed for those who are his, but also those who are not yet his, those who have not yet been saved. Watch this, and it's on that wall as well. John 17, verses 20 and 21, it says, I am praying, again, this is Jesus to the Father, I am praying not only for these disciples, talking about the ones that you have given me, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray they all will be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And they may be in us so that the world believe, will believe you sent me. I love verse 20 right there. Not only these disciples is who I'm praying for, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That is absolutely beautiful coming from Christ himself. So again, Ephesians 5.1 tells us to be an imitator of God. We are to imitate him. Monkey see, monkey do, that type of thing. What we see Christ do is what we should be doing. We should be. We've got the best intentions. Sometimes we fall short, but we want to get back to that. Jesus prayed alone. I should too. Jesus prayed with others. I should too. Jesus prayed for others. I should too. Jesus prayed for those who are his and those who are not yet saved, and I should too. So we've talked about our relationship to the Father. We've also talked about Jesus being our role model when it comes to prayers. The last part I want to talk about in these closing minutes is the truth about prayer. We've talked about prayer being a reliance on God at all times, not just the good times or the bad times. But again, the question, how do I get my prayer life to be better? How do I get that oomph behind my prayers? There is no easy answer to that because there is no formula when it comes to prayer. Prayer is intimacy with God. It is meant for you and for you alone when it comes to prayers. And when I say individuals, I'm talking it could be a family. If you pray with your family, it is your, you're not doing it for the applause of anybody else. That's what I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be you by yourself, which we should do that. We can pray as a family. We can pray as a church family. We can do that, but it is meant for the Lord. When we seek the Lord's will for us, like in the Lord's prayer, we understand we serve him, he doesn't serve us. 
we serve Him. When we say, your will be done, what our tendency to do is, Lord, here's what I want. Can you rubber stamp that for me, big guy? And you slide it across the table. Lord, I just stamp that for me, and let's get on with our lives. It needs to be the opposite. Lord, we need to have enough humble pie in our lives, besides pumpkin pie, to say, Lord, help me. I want you to help me understand where you want me. The Lord wants to know our hearts. He wants to know what is best. He knows what's best for us. Our prayers will not outsmart God to get him to do what we want. Let me say that again. Our prayers will not outsmart God to get him to do what we want. Am I the only person who's been guilty of that ever in this room? Probably, right? Mm-hmm, Yeah. So we've got one last video if you want to spin around. This is Miss Karen Doty. Prayer has been effective to me um, so many times in my life. I mean, it, it has told me unsearchable things, things that I couldn't have found. You know, we like to get on the internet anymore and we can find everything on the internet. But I love that scripture in Jeremiah that says that he will tell us unsearchable things. In other words, we can't find the doctor or the, the research to verify something, or it can't be scientifically figured out, but God can figure it out. God can give us those answers. And, you know, sometimes we get an answer to prayer and we're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Oh yeah, I prayed about it. And it's just exciting to know how he answers those prayers. And then sometimes, haven't you heard yourself say, uh, why don't we pray about everything? You know, why, why haven't we prayed about this? And sometimes we use it as a last resort instead of their, our first reaction to things. And I think he cares about the little bitty things and I think he cares about the huge things. And as you read through scripture about prayer, you just, just observe what all people were praying about and how those answers all came. Your prayer life will be invigorated from that. So I want to piggyback off of something that she just said at the very end. When you look at prayers throughout the Bible and how, can, how does my prayer life stack up against other people? Well, there is no right way to pray. So if you're Hannah in 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2, she is praying so hard, liquid is coming from every orifice on her head. She is pouring her heart out to the Lord in prayer enough to where people think she's drunk. Prayer can look like that. David, we love David. We love his beautiful psalms about the majesty of the Lord, how majestic he is. And then the next verse is, Lord, I want you to smite these guys right here. Can you smite these guys for me? Kill them. Kill them all. Kill them bad. David kind of flip-flops between those. Those are prayers to the Lord. But also, what about Paul? 
Coach, when he did the first message in this on grasping grace, he looked at uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 when it's Paul talking about the thorn in the flesh. He was saying, three times, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take this away from me. Prayers can look like pleas to the Lord. I am pleading with you, Lord, please do this. You can have everything coming out of your face like Hannah. You can be majestic and then flip on a dime like David. My point is this. All of those people had an intimate relationship with the Lord. That is the key to powerful prayer. It's not about swelling words coming up here and, Oh, Lord, the highest in the heavens. It's not about that. If my heart is not right, those don't mean a hill of beans. It is an intimate relationship with the Lord. It is about having that reliance on him at all times, not just the good times, not just the bad times. We are his. We are his property. We are new creations in him. We belong to him, and that should include our hearts. Our hearts should belong to the Lord. So when we pray, Lord, help me. I need you. I need this. I, I, I want to do this to serve you. Lord, the Lord wants honesty from us. We belong to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, again, this gathering today. Thank you that we are here to, to hear from your word about prayer. Father, we ask that you help us in our prayer life. Help us with powerful prayers. It doesn't have to be eloquent speech. Father, it is just help our hearts be prepared to love you in a deeper, deeper way and to have a deeper reliance on you. If we have gotten lax in our prayer life, Lord, help us with that. Help us get out of that rut that we may be in. And it's okay to identify that we are in a rut and just simply remind ourselves, Lord, I need you to get out of that rut. Lord, help me love you deeper. Lord, help me communicate more often, more frequently, or in a better way with you. Prayers are not for the outside world all the time. It is between my heart and your heart. And Father, I belong to you. And I ask that you help me with that. Help me commune with you on a deeper level. That is what prayerful, powerful prayers look like. There is no formula to it. And Father, we thank you for choosing us Thank you for sending your son to die on our behalf. That he took that wrath and that punishment that I deserve. Thank you for sending him. Thank you for loving us enough to send him. Thank you for resurrecting him to where he is sitting at your right hand. Lord, we thank you 
for this. We pray these things and ask them in your son's name and amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tonti Town, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.